What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Facts or Facts podcast. Today, I have my buddy Casey with me, and we are going to do something kind of fun and interesting. We are going to rank the top 10 NBA players as of right now that you would start a franchise with, and that is including how old they are and what kind of injuries they have currently and what we're currently seeing from them in the playoffs. So what I'm going to do is we are going to put them in the tier list. And the reason we're doing a tier list instead of a one through 10 list is because I feel like some guys are like three and three A or four and four A. So they kind of belong in the same tier as opposed to maybe guys that are just straight up like number one, number two. I think it's more fun doing a tier list. So I'm going to start off. I'm going to go with the obvious choice, number one overall. And uh, I don't think there's any debate about this, I would say. I would say if you're starting a franchise today, the number one player that you want is Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's probably the best, Casey. I mean, is there at all an argument from that? Well, no, there's no argument against that being number one. I mean, that's who I have as number one. And the thing is, I looked at it as an eight-year plan when, when you texted me this saying, I want to look at guys who are viable for the next eight years. Yep. And uh, from today, you know, yeah. and, and and that's the issue is like Giannis is 27. Mm-hmm. You know, think about this. If he wins this year, he'll have two titles before Michael Jordan won his first. That's crazy. And he's a big. Yeah. And they play longer. Yeah. And they're more effective longer. Yeah. And uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not comparing to Michael Jordan. I'm just saying the window of opportunity is longer with a big than it is with a small. Yep. And, and and he does so much for your team and he's obviously already like he's content with playing in Milwaukee at least for now you know obviously winning last year helped a lot I think I think if they didn't do what they did last year and they, they aren't going to do what they do this year I think that might change also, his attitude but he also had a I think he also had a super max possibility yeah but I think he just took regular max yep and I think that kept something like you know six to seven percent more money under their cap like I, I remember that i know that he got a max but i just don't think it was the super max yeah and um and that makes a huge difference like that's the other thing i put into this is like are there guys like duncan who actually and, and Nowitzki who actually left money on the table as opposed to the opposite which is like oh kobe did that no he didn't he had a 25 year two million dollar for 25 year contract yeah so his money's still going to his family like he's still getting money and then they did a swap buyout after he retired, but it was still like three or four years on the payroll. Right. And that's totally, I'm sorry. That's fundamentally different than actually leaving money off the table. Dirk and Tim Duncan are the only two that I know I've done that. And I mean, significant. Timmy made 15 when he could have made 35. I, I agree with you. Page Nobly, who have been underpaid. So, but moving on from that, like that factors in too. Okay, give me somebody. Um, number, give... number two, and I consider these two guys the only two in the top tier right now. Okay. Like, I really do. It's, it's uh, Joker. Okay. He's also 27, and he has 12 more years left of playing really good basketball. Like, he's not – he doesn't – I mean, he's not going to need to get any faster. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> can he get any faster than, than three miles an hour? I don't right. think so. Sloan Methodical wins the race, though, for, like – Especially these guys. And I would I would agree with you. I would say one and one A. And the reason for that is a couple of reasons. Like you mentioned with Giannis, injuries are a big deal right now. 
Like, right? Like, look at how many guys that are top tier players that have been injured in the last year or injured for like Kawhi, who was dominant in Toronto and now all of a sudden has been injury prone since he's gotten to LA. Um, I think that's something that you got to, you got to take that into account. That's injury or his personal doctor versus team doctor, which was the issue in San Antonio. <laughs> that's a, that's um, a good point. That's a good fair fair enough. But, but Jokic uh, does so much for your team, though. Like he's not Shaq. He can't dominate like Shaq per se or Hakeem Elijah one. But he does a lot for your team. We've talked about his passing ability and how like he's a good passer and stuff. But really, there's been a lot of good big passers. He's like a combination of the, the two Gasol brothers, so that makes him that's, better. That's a really, really good way to put it. That's exactly what he is. He's a combination of the two. He can shoot like he can shoot really well. Does very well on the block. Yes, and he go in as opposed to Mark, which his weird moves didn't go in. Yeah, but then he plays defense at at a rate like like uh, Mark did. Yeah, and so like I was looking over their PERs, the player efficiency ratings, their defensive ratings, um, because I wanted to get this list. And be like, I've got some stuff to back it. And and I was looking at his. And the problem with him was this year's usage rate was like 40%, which huh. is ridiculous. Last year it was at 30% because he had Murray and, and, yeah. and Porter, who's never going to play a full season in his life. So never. I just won't count him. But Murray's was a devastating that will be playable again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he'll be back next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll be fine. Well, and that's the reason that I didn't give that look. If I think if Denver was fully healthy in this playoffs, I think they give Golden State a, a run. I don't know if they beat Golden State. Well, they're not playing Golden State. They're, they're winning five more regular season games. That's that's a good point. I I don't disagree with that either. I think there's been a few teams this year like that have kind of suffered from a lot of that stuff. All right, I'm going to give my next one, and I'm going to put him in the S-plus tier, and that's Luka. I think Luka being small – I think I understand that like I, I say small, I think he's what six five, six six, but he's he can't guard anybody. He can't guard anybody. I understand that. But what he does for your team offensively, not only can he get you a bucket at any time, but he actually runs an offense. Like he can run any offense that we have. You know, and he can get everybody involved. And he doesn't necessarily if like for instance, if he played with a superstar on his team, which he's never done yet, but if he played with a superstar, there's no doubt in my mind that his game would be able to flow into somebody else's game seamlessly. You just asked the ultimate question. Who's going to go play with him? Oh, I don't know if Dallas would ever actually go and play with him. But who wouldn't want to play with Luka? Like, who wouldn't uh, want it's, to? It's, it's, it seems like a lot of his teammates don't like playing with him. Now, that, that that may or may not. I, I don't know. He's... He's on my exclusion list. <laughs> he is. And, and, it, and it has to do with, it's not about his immeasurable talent. Sure. Like, I have so many question marks about that guy. It's, he's the opposite of Davidsky. Davidsky was finding his way to be part of a team. And Luke is like, this is my team. And it's like, like it's exciting for a bit. But like watching his attitude, like in this series against Utah, it's like, wow, dude, that's you're turning me off and you're doing amazing things. Like that's my issue with him is like if you see that, if you could see that from a TV screen, I'd actually like to see him in person. Sure. Um I watched Gary Payton one time from like second row at Staples. 
and his command of his team, even when he's running his mouth, right, was unbelievable. And I can't remember uh, Desmond, the guy they, they drafted the guard, and it was like Gary's. It was after the you know they they imploded, and it was right before he went to Milwaukee. Okay, and the, the kid's name was Desmond. He was from Oklahoma State, and he was in the dunk contest. But Gary just bringing like bringing that kid up, yeah, was amazing to see during this game. Okay. They won it on like Gary stole the ball three times against the Lakers in like the last minute, and then was just throwing mobs to this kid. And and they were terrible. They were forty wins or whatever, and the yeah. Lakers were on one of their rolls. It was like two thousand, two thousand one. But it was like I would love to watch Luca on the court and see how his teammates react. That would be you're right better. Like, and on top of that, I'm I don't know anything other than every time Jason Kidd's coached a team. They've imploded because he lets egos out of check. Okay. Yeah. Like that's that's why he didn't succeed in Milwaukee was they're trying to build a culture, and it's like you run Rick Carlisle out of town. That's the other thing. Coach killers, not on my team. Yeah, I would say that's a good point. Actually, like when you're building a franchise, you want somebody. Also, not everybody. I will say this: not everybody loved Jordan all the time as a teammate too. Right. I would say that not everybody and I understand like people's feelings towards Kobe. Not everybody loved Kobe all the time. Like there are some leaders and I understand that there's a difference between pushing your teammates and being the person that nobody likes just because nobody likes you because of the personality that you have. There's a difference. Um, so I don't know. You're right. I don't know what his personality yeah, is that, with his teammates. That, that's a huge question mark in my opinion. Yeah. Because I don't see the passion in the teammates when, when they're doing stuff like if Luca does something, I don't see his teammates all excited that he did something. They're, they're like, whoa, he did something amazing. But they're not like, yeah, Luca. Like, it's interesting dynamic. Like, we've seen it a thousand times. I you agree. Know, I can start naming off guys that their teammates absolutely hated them, you know. And, and that's uh, why I think this winning time thing is hilarious because people are all mad, you know. There's a lot of people mad. Yeah, and it's like, do you do any self-reflection? Like, because, I, I, yeah, like this comes from a book. And this first season is only the first quarter of the book. That's what's hilarious. That's, there's some redemption arcs for some of these guys, but there's no redemption for some of them. That's pretty crazy. You know? Yeah. Spencer Haywood was not a good teammate anywhere he was. Huh. You know, and, you know, I'm happy Magic got to play with three MVPs on his team his rookie year. Not all-stars, by the way. Not all-stars. He had like four more of those all-stars. <laughs> right. And Magic goes, I would never have left the Lakers. Well, it's like, dude, you had three MVPs. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Oh, and then you bring another one in in McAdoo. So that's G hilarious. Give me your next guy. So I put Luca up there. Look, so do you want me to bump him down to S tier? Because I got the best, S plus, and then S. You can, you can leave him in there for now. Okay. And, and and then we'll, we'll kind of refine this list at the end because I'm going to have two more you're going to have in there that I'm not going to touch. <laughs> uh, I like so, how you already know what my list is and we haven't even talked about it. Well, I, I haven't know, given I you know. a single I player. I guarantee you have these two guys on your list. Okay. And I will not. Okay. Um, for me, next on my list is like I have three guys, but I'll just go with uh, uh, the underrated one that no one talks about is Donovan Mitchell. He's only 25. Okay, and okay, but he has to play with a point. Like, so that's the thing about roster building. He is so much better with a real point guard. 
and it's the same with another guy that we'll talk about on this list, I guarantee. So I did. So here's the thing. So I started doing Facts or Facts podcasts a couple, like three or four years ago. And I did it during summer school when I was teaching summer school as just like something fun to do for like seven or eight minutes. And it's right when, I guess it wasn't that long ago because it was right when Kawhi was going to go to the Clippers. He went to the Clippers with Paul George. And then it was right when Donovan Mitchell and uh, Mike Conley Jr. Mike Conley Jr. got signed with the Jazz. And one of the things I said was like dynamic duos was like the series that I did. And the dynamic duo was Mike Conley Jr. coming from the Grizzlies, who's a vet, who knows how to play the game, who's really good, is a veteran, is going to take the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands and allow him to play off the ball a lot more. I just feel like Mike, Mike Conley Jr. has really let me down. Like, he hasn't been the same player that he was in Memphis. Well, he's old. Well, I mean, yeah, and that's part of it. Yeah, but, I get that. But, but their, record, their record with him proves that he is super valuable. That's the uh, yeah. the anomaly of, I think, the 2013 season yeah. of uh, Indiana when they had Stevenson, David West, yes. Hibbert. Yeah. Uh, Solid team. missing on the front line? On the Pacers? Uh, yeah, so it was George Hill, Stevenson. And Paul George. And Paul George. Okay. Yeah. Do you know who had the second highest player efficiency rating in the NBA that year? No. And yet he only averaged 11 points and six, six assists and five rebounds. It was George Hill. Uh, we've talked about his... his... Yeah, yeah, but, but that's the point. It's like, the point is like Conley does the things that... Uh, ironically, I was talking with a buddy of mine today. We were talking about uh, old school players, like who who are the dogs defensively, and so yeah, uh, Mitchell's in my group of next three okay. that I have. I actually have one guy who I think could be a dog defensively. Okay, I haven't seen him yet because he's still young. All right, but, but I'm gonna put. Team? So here's the thing: I'm gonna put Mitchell in the S tier, which is the third tier down. It's the best S plus and S. And the only reason, here's the only reason I'm going to do that. You ready? My comparison for Donovan Mitchell right now, and you might agree, you might not, you might not agree, is Damian Lillard. He gets exposed defensively because he's not the greatest defender. Okay. He's very good offensively. He can shoot from very far. He's more explosive offensively, obviously, with his ability to jump and all that kind of stuff. I think he could be a better defensive point guard than Damian yeah. Lillard because of his explosiveness. I don't think he's there yet. And I don't know how to get him there, but he's not there yet. NBA. But at the same time, I'll counter and say Mitchell doesn't take – takes only 20% of the amount of like bad shots that Lillard, Lillard takes. I would agree. I would agree. He takes more yeah. – he takes more in, in – in offensive shots, like within the offense, he takes a lot yeah, more of those. That's, once again, that's Conley, or the fact that even when he does take them, Gobert cleans it up. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that's fine by me because I really am beyond the first two. Like, I, I'm so interchangeable on these things. Yeah. Uh, you so, go he, with your next. so here's the next one, and I'm going to put this guy in the second tier. And I think he absolutely guarantees himself in the S-plus tier. And I would say, depending on how the rest of these playoffs go, I would put him in the best tier. That's depending on how the rest of these playoffs go. And that's Jason that's Tatum. Okay, thank goodness. Jason Tatum. I agree in, on that. So, see, he's in, on my next tier with Mitchell. In my, I said in, Mitchell first because I knew you'd get there. In my opinion, Jason Tatum right now, 
depending on how the next series goes, because the next series they play the Bucks, it's going to be very interesting to see how he competes with Giannis. If he plays well in that series, in my mind, he's a better player right now, not in a career, but right now than Kevin Durant. And I know a lot of people think Kevin Durant is still like one of the top two or three best players in the league, and he might not have just had a great playoffs, and he had to carry the Nets this year with Kyrie out, and blah, 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 blah. The million of excuses that you get. He played, he played, he played better than Durant in this series. And you could yeah, say he had a better team, he but he's not father time. Yeah. And that's even up on Kevin. Yeah, that's I would say that's actually negative. true. Like that's like people treat that like a negative. Like, look, there's a drop off. Well, it's because they compare him to like Tim Duncan, who you didn't you feel like you never saw a drop off, but that was because he also could rely on Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker in a system that Greg Popovich kind of built all of his players around that fit within that system. So even when Tim Duncan's numbers started to decline and they were still winning, they had a roster around him that basically everybody do your role. Do you know that his per 48 never changed? <laughs> That's insane. That can't be right. That cannot it be did right. Not, like, it, only, it only had maybe a 2%, 3% drop off. He was the highest rated defender the last three years of his career. That's now, insane. granted, he's only playing 27 minutes, but sure. he gets to the playoffs, yeah. and he still played at that high level. Yeah. Like, that's scary. Yeah, that's... That is scary. But, but it was, okay, so Timmy, we need to find somebody who can relieve him for 20 minutes. Sure. And so that's that's roster construction, right? That's the, the thing about like us doing this is, well, for me, Giannis and, and Joker are going to have the least amount of drop-off only because of positional... Right. Ability, sure. Um, but no, I'm huge on Tatum. That's in the sense that if he became a defensive player, if 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 he put he he showed some. Yes. But what I mean by that is like this modern NBA. This is a conversation I literally had today. Was who's the Bruce Bowen in the league? That's right. Like like who who? You know who I think could be that guy. You know who I think could be, the, and I know what you're going to probably say to this because we've talked a lot of sports over yeah. the period of time that we've yeah. known each other. Yeah. The guy who has the athleticism and the length and is a problem right now is the guy who played against Kevin Durant in the series, and that's Jalen Brown. Like, if he took up the mantra of, hey, I'm going to shut down the best offensive player on the opposite end of the floor, kind of like Andre Iguodala did, but still could be an all-star because he's good yeah. enough offensively, he could easily take up that role. He's that's Right, like so. That's the problem. Is I don't see a whole bunch of uh, Arizona Wildcat wings who go from twenty-two point game scores to eleven and win a title. Yeah. Like, does Jalen Brown say I'll score four less points a game and put twenty percent more energy in defense to win? Like that. That that really is a modern NBA problem. He's... And, and I, I I don't get it. Like like as a coach, you just say to a guy. Hey, I need you to do this. Yeah. And it'll come. Yeah. And you're valuable here. And here's how you're even more valuable. And I think Brown is fantastic. But, you know, trying to, like, like when they were struggling to figure out who gets more shots, like, legitimate issue in Boston. And it's like, one of you, one of you just has to suck it up. One of you has to say, I'm going to be the better defender. I'm going to be the better distributor. Yeah. And, uh, and like someone who made that step, who's not on my list, but but I never thought would make the jump was like Zach Levine. Him playing with the Olympic team really made him a better basketball player. He's nowhere near my list, but um, it's also because he's 28, I believe. Yeah. 27, 28. 
So you're trying to go with like the youngest of the young guys. Yeah, I'm going with the young guys. You're asking me to build a roster for the next. Yeah. Seven, eight years. Yeah. I can do some roster construction around them. Yeah. That's, that's sort of for me, like we can go through the top 10 players, but that's not as fun because, because I've already disagreed with you on Luca and I got two more I know are coming. So, (laughs) um, you know, how about we, how about we skip this? Cause I, 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 let's see where you have my next one would be Booker. That's what my next one is. That's what my next one is. I would put Booker Booker in the S tier. And the only reason I'd put our S plus tier with with Tatum, the only reason I'd put him there is because he can score on anybody. He is such a good shooter. He can, he's not, he's not, he's kind of like Curry in that he's almost a liability right now defensively, but offensively, he's so deadly that like you could build a team around him. If you just like, look, look at what Chris Paul has done with him. Take him off the ball. All of a sudden he becomes this, winner because efficient. he doesn't have to do every, but everything score. yes efficient and, and the thing is yeah you do you put mikhail bridges you know there's a guy who's a who's a who's a defensive monster like yeah the problem is once again another guy if i was looking at his shot i think he gets 11 12 shots up a game dude that's four too many for him yeah and if that's how you have to keep him happy cool but i mean let's talk about bruce bowen box scores one for three <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. You know, one for three, one for three from three land, all yeah. in the same spot in the corner. And he sat in the corner for 71 offensive possessions. So it's like, oh, well, that's boring. I don't want to do that. You got to involve me, coach. Involve yourself. But, um, no, with Booker, yeah, they do. They hide him with other great defenders. Mm-hmm. And they have a huge decision to make in terms of kind of that going forward of do we pay max money to a center who only produces – marginal all-star selection right. kind of thing. And that and that's where you'll you'll hear me out on another guy when you get there. I swear I know you better get to these two because then I, I then I won't seem like a genius. But no Booker's next on my list, so I Okay. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with one that I don't think anybody's gonna put on their list. And the reason the only reason that I would go with him is is it's real simple the only the only reason that i'm gonna go with him is because he a is so young and in the playoffs last year and this year has shown that he can produce i don't know what that means moving forward i don't know if he's good enough to build the franchise around and we're doing tiers now so i'm just going to go out of order and the person is deandre ayton i think because of how young he is and the position like you said the position he plays he has shown some potential and is some growth. I don't know if in five years or six years he's going to be an all NBA player. He might not ever get to that level. He I don't might know. Not get better, but it's good right now. And that was the question I was posing: was the, with him? My question is the money. Yeah, that's my question with him. Are, are you going to be impinged by that? I, yeah, because, you're right. I don't because know. I'll get to John Collins and his his. Uh, Debilitating, debilitating contract to the Atlanta Hawks if and when you get to Trey Young, who may or may not be on my list. Um, because Aiden could, Aiden could fundamentally hamstring this franchise. Yeah. To where when Chris Paul is gone 
and Aiden's contract is so high, and Booker's is so high, and Bridges is so high that you cannot find a moderate, even a decent replacement for uh, Chris Paul. And this team, more than anyone, relies on the solid leadership and point guard play of someone who can lead that team. Right. And, and that's the question. So, no, I, I like the idea because I have two guys that are sort of like that. Okay. And I, I have two of them on my list, but the question is, like, it's more or less like coin flip with both of them. Like, where do I go with roster construction on one? Where do I go with the other? And, uh, no, I like I like Aiden a lot, man. But, like I said, my biggest question mark with him is, my his second question mark might be injury going forward. You know, he's been injured, but I think he's getting through it because he's with the Suns. They do such a great job. That's yeah, I, I, I don't. And you're right. I have no idea. I have no idea what that looks like um, moving forward. I'm glad you threw that out there, though. He was sort of on my next after my ten. He's right there. Okay. You know, well, you you, you went with Aiden. Go with my obvious one, the one that's the easiest one that's left, the one that I haven't talked about that we all know that he's going to be there. Who's the guy that... Okay, that that won't go to the coin flip one. I'll go to the next one, which is John Morant. Yeah. That's my next obvious. Right. John Morant's on there for sure. What tier would you put him in? Would you put him in the best, the S plus, or the S? I'd put him in the S right now. Okay. Um reason why he's so bad defensively, like watching, like I think I texted you during that, that Denver game against Golden State, watching close games in the 120s makes me puke. <laughs> and uh, watching that game last night, which was like, hey, hey, uh, Minnesota, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and then on the other, John Moran, how about you guys dig in just a little bit and imagine those teams – Right. Trying to play the 2004 Detroit Pistons or the 2005 San Antonio Spurs, that when they had a six-point lead, you're like, there's no way. With like nine minutes to go, you're like, yep, Spurs won. Yep, Detroit won. Like literally a, a double, a ten-point lead against those two teams in their prime at that time. Yep. Was the game's over? They got double-digit lead on you. We're playing the first one. First one to seventy wins. You know, like think about that. I I miss that basketball, and they weren't they weren't violently brutal like the the eighty Celtics or even the Lakers, and they weren't the Knicks. They didn't beat the hell out of people, but they sure did clamp down defensively and value possessions. They didn't do dumb crap. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I watched as rad as Morant's dunk was last night, which was awesome. Holy cow! Watching the turnover fury though, like the turnover. Flurry in the fourth quarter was like your playoff basketball team, dude. And it was hard to watch with. But here's the thing with those two teams: it does show their age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which but, but again, if we're talking about this, you really do have to take into account that in like what if you gave them the right pieces? Like for instance, we talked about Donovan Mitchell. Or the right you, yeah, if you give them the right pieces or the right coach where, like, Mitchell can play an off guard instead of having to play point guard, all of a sudden he might become a much different player. Yeah, but so that's roster construction. Now, here's the question about that team. 
because uh, I love harping on this. It's one of my favorite all-time things to harp on. Okay. Amari Stoudemire, 25 years old, been in the league seven <laughs> years. I mean, seven years. DeAndre Ayton could be Amari 2.0, honestly. No, he actually, but you no, know, DeAndre does something that Amari never did. Okay. Which is grabs defensive rebounds. <laughs> and the point being is that as good as Amari was, like the guy was unbelievable. That's, that's, he was, that's, and he was perfect. Always about like all these discussions are all this or that and what you would you do. But the point being was this was more about that guy in the corner telling me that Bruce Bowen doesn't hit threes in the corner. Yeah. Oh, Amari's young. He, he, he'll rebound. And you're like, he's been in the league seven years. That's Carl Anthony Towns. He's been in the league six years. When's he going to put the ball in the mid post or the, the low post? Dude, there's what is wrong like with further and further away every year? What is wrong with Carl uh, Anthony Towns, man? He just like takes games off. It seems like. You know what well, I mean? He's 100% reliant on the team structure to get him shots at 28 feet. How about you go get yourself a shot? Like, do what uh, Joker does. Go mid-post, put the ball up, and if somebody's crowding, go around. Right. If they're leading off, take the shot. But, but, but create side movement by being in the middle of the court. Middle, you know? Not yeah. here, not here, not here, not here middle of the court or here down at the basket, you know, and he doesn't do that. And I, I don't know how you challenge a guy to do that. You know, I, I've seen, I've been to plenty of uh, NBA practices and they are not what you think they are. Um, it's like, if you've been in the high school practice, it's, it's one thing and it's a coach barking orders. You've been in a college practice. It's a coach trying to motivate some guys. Right. And then, an NBA practice is something different. It's almost always just install and work and no coaching. Individual coaching comes after practice. Individual coaching comes from before practice. And I like that NBA teams now have like 10 assistants. I'm actually serious about this. No sarcasm because it allows each guy to get individual work in. Right. And that's something that happened, started happening about 12 years ago. Remember, there used to only be like one assistant, two assistants at most. And the growth of the game is getting a Chip England in there to work with someone on a shooting and making Tony Parker the deadliest 19 foot shooter you've ever seen in your life. Like, right. I don't think I'd name someone who pulled up from 19 and hit more 19 footers. Like just a half step in the top of the key, like no one. And, and it made what he did even better because he led the league in points in the paint four years in a row. It's like, no one six two should be allowed to do this. <laughs> like, and this is when people got hit. You know, it's not like now. Well, how many would Parker average a game now? Thirty five. I mean, like, with the with the with the lane being this wide open, it used to be like this tight, and then Ben Wallace is there smacking you in the head. It's true. Like, but but that's the thing. Um, so yeah, Morant. Back to the finish. Circle back with him is like, I want to see his growth. Dude, he's unbelievable. But how about you spend 10% more energy on defense and just play hard on that end? And let's see where you go with that. And that's where, like you talked about, Tatum kind of making a, loop, a, a leap. And I think, once again, that, that's playing with the Olympic team. Seeing the work the older guys put in helps those young guys. Totally. I think that's a benefit. And then also, you know, you got Popovich and you've got 
uh, Kerr and Kadoka coaching you in the Olympics, you know, and a couple of the college coaches. That's right. Um, like like Jay Wright. Totally and, uh, agree. Actually, did you see that he's not retired? He's looking for an NBA opportunity. No, come on. Yeah, I'm dead serious. I mean. That's, so my question is, what did he do at Villanova that they they shuffled they shuffled him off? Is that, making a big deal about it. is that what we're really thinking? That they're the ones that shuffled them off, or do we think like, hey, I've been to, I've won two national titles, and I've been to another Final Four in the last five years. I've kind of shown you guys that I'm good enough to do this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like it when guys say they're retiring and then look for other opportunities. I don't like it either. I'd rather them just come out and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm gonna go look Rick for Pacino them. and Johnny Calipari are calling. Yeah. Like, that's it. All right, let's hear who's next on your list since we got Morant out of the way. All right, so we got Morant out of the way. All right, so here's the thing. A lot of people... So here's the only problem that I have with this player is that he's just old. Too old. But the thing is, he's got such a special skill set that I feel like it could be good for the next six to seven years. And that's Steph Curry still. 34. I know. That's the only problem. Uh, Guards, guards, dude, guards hit the wall so hard at some point. But he's just such a good shooter, man. But you got to be quick to get to your spots. When you start slowing down, that, that space closes. Yeah. That shooting space. Tony Parker went from phenomenal to dead. Yeah. When he got to Charlotte. And then he, you know, was he knew he was done. And if he's a shooter and he's coming off the bench for 12 minutes, 18 minutes a game when he's 38 to score 11 off the bench, I see that. But that's the other potential issue is uh, do you age gracefully or do you decide that you uh, are still the man like um, – the current Laker who misses half the season. <laughs> yeah, I space jam. <laughs> I hey, that's why I didn't put him on here. Yeah, he's not on there. I mean, that's the irony. Is like, what's funny is if, if this was ever on some NBA player watch it, they'd be like, "Well, why wasn't I on there?" And it's like these are these are exercise and futility. Yeah, these are. Things that won't happen. It's it's hilarious because I've been in those conversations, and it's like, and I've been around the smart guys. Dude, I, yeah, I can't tell you who the player was, but he he. We were at training camp in '99. Okay. In uh, Santa Barbara, and uh, had dinner with three Lakers. Okay. One of them was my good friend Sean Rooks, and right was with two other of them. And one of them just says, and this is this is a giveaway because now it makes it one of two. Um, was like literally in his uh, Alabama or Arkansas accent, just like this stuff. He's like the sports talk stuff is crap because none of these guys know crap about crap. Right. He's like, he's like, and this is his first year with them, I believe. No, second. Yeah, first year. And he goes. That's one thing we got to realize. This crap's all crap. And ain't nobody better than Akeem. Um, so I was just laughing my ass off. Like, 
and that was the point. He goes, like, Akeem has never read a newspaper. He doesn't care about what people think about. So, you know, that's the point. Like NBA players, that's the other thing about this young generation. Literally, just like this, I'm taking my team off of my Instagram. Just yeah. like Russell Westbrook. Oh, today. my gosh. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, let's be fair. He probably won't be a Laker. I mean, if if he if they can find a way to get rid of his contract, they said they're trying to look for a trading partner. Uh, who's going to take that contract? You know what I mean? Like no uh, Houston for John Wall, and but Houston's already said we'll trade you John Wall, but we need to get a first round, your only first round pick available back. Uh, okay, you I, know, you know that's the that's the. Uh, that's the LaMarcus Aldridge meme, I remember. And all my Laker fans, after he didn't sign, are like, yeah, he's just garbage anyways. <laughs> and you're like, what? Like, you guys thought he was going there because it was the Lakers. And then that's when you found out they had zero analytic team. Right. And the meme, the meme was, Kobe was shooting, and there was a picture of his four teammates open. And it was a, a, a thing that said, hey, LaMarcus, this could be you. Yeah. Like, one of the guys just standing there going. Hey, I'm open. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So who, who do you who, who's next? I was thinking Curry, but if he's he, is he really thirty four? Yeah, thirty three, thirty four. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, as, as much as you stay in shape, man. One of my favorite hit the wall guys of all time. And I, I, dude, I love the way he played. But was Byron Scott? Yeah, dude. That so dude, true. Played one good year in Indiana, and then that next year, he was dog meat. And I think he was like 36. Yeah. But he just couldn't get himself open anymore. Yeah. Because he's 34. So, how about this player? Okay. If we're not going to agree on Curry, how about this player? He's 32. So, he's still a little older. He's 32, but he works hard. I don't think you're right. If we're doing eight years on it, it's just making yeah, it a like lot. That's how I looked at it. Because, because like, I looked at, like, uh, Pascal Siakam, and then I, like, found out that he's, like, 28, and then he's also from Africa, so he could be, like, 38. Um, <laughs> like, like they, they don't know. Like, he doesn't have an official. He's, but he's a high-energy guy, and he could be a grinder. You know, like. Yeah. You know, he, he could be like my all-time favorite on that one. By the way, is that there's no way Albert Pools is 42. He was like 26 when he started, even though they said he was 19. Right. You're like somebody said he had tried out with the Puerto Rican trials for like seven straight years, and you're like every year he was the same age. Hey, look, I come from experience with this. My grandfather was 43 years of age on all four, three of his kids' uh, birth certificates. Like, whatever, dude. Let's make fun of that. Like that's <laughs> hilarious to me. He was 43, year and a half later, 43, year and a half after that, 43. And he pretty much had uh, Irish triplets. Um, but, you know, the thing is, like, we can go with the older guys, but I'm not, I don't, like, that, you want to talk about money and roster construction. Like, that, yeah. I think we veer out because, um, you're my right. Next three guys, my next three guys, and I'll, I'll say, Give me here. Here's so here's one of the guys that I would think about if we're thinking about younger guys. Okay, here's who, who yeah. I would think about. Ready? How about Shy Gil Gilgius Alexander? I don't know how to say his like middle last name. Gilgius. Gilgius. I think he's a, a talented player. I don't know if I'd put him 
I mean, if I put him on this list, I think I put him like maybe A tier, which is right below the Donovan Mitchell tier. Yeah, well, I have someone better than him who's uh, only one year older than him. Okay. And we might as well get to it because I have Alexander was like someone I looked at and looked at and looked at and looked at. Let me give you some numbers. I'm going to give you some numbers. Okay. Here's a 25-year-old player. I think I know who you're going to say. 20, well, I'm going to, uh, this is a comparison. 21.8, okay. 5.7, 6.9 assists, so 5.7 rebounds, 1.9 steals, a player efficiency rating of 24.7, um, a defensive win shares of 2.3, and a turnover rate of 17. How old is this he? This guy made the All-NBA team that year. Okay. Okay. He was 25. Oh, he was 25. And, okay. And then he decided to become a stat hog and make the triple-double worthless. <laughs> this is a 25-year-old Russell Westbrook. Now, let me give you another number. Okay. 21.1, 8.3, 9.5, 9 or 9.2, 2.0, led the league in steals, uh, PER 22.3, a defensive win share. And so win share is like if you're like a sixth. Like I'm literally up. looking at the player that you're talking about right now. And only an 11% turnover rate with a usage rate of 35. Which is hilarious that I'm literally looking him up because as soon as you said, I will give you somebody that's younger than Shy, that is just as good, if not better, I knew exactly who you were going to. And, and the saddest part is that Russell Westbrook making the triple-double an invalid stat, like a useless stat. Doesn't think, lead to wins. Think of the job they Murray. Doing this in 2009. Dude. 8.3 and 9.2. Yeah. That's exactly... I literally... Here, I'll... I'll I, I can't pull it up on my screen to show you, but I yeah. literally have it on my screen. I was like, he's talking about... He's going to bring up DeJounte Murray because I know he had a great season this year. Like a great season this year. And he did. And he, he had it. He had a bust-out year. He's 25 years old. I put Murray in there with Donovan yeah, I Mitchell. Put, I put him Alexander. I, I have questions about Alexander. Okay. Is he a point guard or a shooting guard? Like, like I like him, but he also doesn't shoot as efficiently as Murray does. Murray shoots from the mid-range. Like, I think he was in the top 12 in adjusted field goal percentage, okay. which was dominated by um, guys who only dunk. I mean, Gobert shot 70% on the year, like 72% adjusted. First of all, how many threes did he take? Like, he took like 18. Like, I'm like, that's 18 too many. Um, and, and I'd rather have Murray because in terms of systems, you know, he's, he's already developed the work ethic to work within a system and his money's not going to be too high because he hasn't made enough teams. So he doesn't get one of these super duper max, AKA, um, the right. Derek Rose, uh, hamstring your, your franchise for seven years contract. Oh, so bad. And, and the thing is, is, I'll bring up two other names that were just with um, Alexander. I had Lamelo and Garland right there, and then I was like, I like Murray and and Alexander more than Lamelo and Garland because the one thing I don't like, and I saw it in the playoff game with Garland. Okay, yeah, you, we talked about you start this. Shooting too much when yeah. you're not good, like you're not shooting yourself out of a out of a, a seven for twenty two. Right. Like. That's Russ. Like, like I'm just gonna keep going, man. It's gonna hit. 
you know what, maybe not this game. Maybe next game you shoot your way out of it. And that's the lower, like, I'm not saying they have low basketball IQ, but they, they need to improve that, like, to show me. Garland shot too much, man. You have a dude who's, like, eight for nine from three, and then you stop giving him the ball. Yeah. He's a point guard, dude. Give Laurie Markin in the ball. I I would I would totally agree with you, especially because like look like again looking at the example. Look, I'm not a huge Chris Paul fan, but look at what he's done for everybody on that team. He has gotten everybody involved and made everybody's life easier. And your job as a point guard is to make everybody's life easier on the court. And that honestly, like whether you like Chris Paul or not, which I'm not a huge fan of Chris Paul, but whether you like him or not, that's exactly what he does. He makes everybody's yeah. life that much easier. And that's what that's what Garland could do. He creates problems and then mismatches and then finds it. So I would say, okay, so let's let's button this down. Let's put Murray on there at the S tier. Okay. Yeah. With Donovan Mitchell, I'd put him there. Okay. Would you put Alexander on there as well? Or do you have somebody else that you'd put above Alexander? Would you put Trey Young above Alexander? No, because I don't like midgets. Like, he got exposed in the six, playoffs, six, man. Hey, if he's six one, I'm six foot. Okay, like, here's, I'm not knocking that. Here's the thing. But, but the, the issue is he he just got exposed for everything that all you ever have to do for to him for the rest of his career. Who did they play in the playoffs last year? Miami. Oh, my last year. Did they play uh, the Knicks? Is that who they beat? Yeah, they played the Knicks. That's why he I had mean, such he a got, good series because he played the Knicks. Yeah. Well. The thing is, on top of that, when he got exposed when they played against Milwaukee because all they had to do yeah. was put P.J. Tucker or uh, yeah. uh, Holiday on him. And they, they ran around. Yeah. They ran they ran him around. They ran him off the line. They ran him into help. And what Miami did was different, which is now the playbook, which is run traps at him, run traps at him, run traps at him at, at 28 feet and make him – Make him take bad shots, and that's all he did the whole series. I mean, dude, what did he average like eight turnovers a game? Yeah, like, I, I mean, he did. That, he had bad. he he got exposed this year, and all I was thinking about was like, man, he had a really good playoffs last year for the first round that he had. Obviously, he, you know, nobody plays great against the Bucks, I would say, but maybe there's a. I mean, Demar had one good game, right? But and then they he, focus on him in this game tonight where they throttled him, they, right? Yeah. Four shots in the first half because they made him pass it every single time. So, so here's okay. So I would put I wouldn't put Trey in there. I probably put, wouldn't put Shy uh, in there. Okay, so here's how we have it so far. We got Giannis and Jokic in the top. Okay, I I kept Luca in the S plus with Jason Tatum and Devin Booker. So that's five. Then you have Mitchell. We can take that, eight. That's a question mark, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> we like, we Luka's I, potential is 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 yeah. At the highest, right? So maybe he's in there because he has way more potential, but he also has way more potential to crash the franchise. That's it's possible. Um, and then we have Donovan Mitchell as number six. We can take eight and out of there, but we could put Dejounte Murray in here. So that would make it if we kept Dejounte Murray and kept eight, and that's eight players now. Two, yeah. four, six. Yeah, that's eight. That's eight players. Yeah. Yeah. So we got I've two got, more. I've got three more. I've got. Three more but okay um, so here's my next one your, here's my next one well, you go with and we kind of touched on uh, we kind of touched on him earlier so first off i was thinking pascal siakam 
And the reason I was thinking about him is because he is 28 and he has shown that he can play. He, he's shown that he's a good team player. Yeah. Another guy that I was thinking about was actually Chris Middleton, but he's 30. He's 30. Yeah, no. So, so if we're going to go like try and get keep it younger guys, here's the guy I would go with. You ready? He's 25 years old. He had 24 points a game this year with six rebounds and three and a half assists. He's one of the better wing defenders when it's time to lock people down. And that's Jalen Brown. I think that you could actually make a case for him being somebody that, which look, the Celtics have two of them, right? They got Tatum and Brown that are interchangeable that they can throw at you. Tatum's a much better scorer. I don't think there's a doubt about that. He's a much better shooter, much better getting to the rim. But I think Jalen Brown has definitely shown flashes of like, hey, I'm a really good player. Like, you need to recognize me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you can pin that down. But I'll get to this real quick, and then maybe we can wrap this up. But I won't disagree with that. But I'm going to tell you this. There are three players I have on my list that I would take over Brown and then maybe put Brown right below any of these three. Okay. I have Mobley, Jared Allen, and Bam. You would put Bam on there. But, but but I would put Evan Mobley or Allen. It depends on who I want to build around. Because Allen's a post, and Mobley's a seven-foot wing. Yeah. And the, the question with that is, like, who, who do you want to build? And so, like, for me, it's it's Bam's the best defender. Like, those three kind of fit in the same mold for me. Bam's the best defender. I would put Bam Mobley's ahead of DeAndre best. Ayton. So. Mobley's the best offensive player, and Allen's the best post player. Yeah. And so, like, I'd rather have any of those three over Jalen Brown. It doesn't mean that I don't like Brown. But, like, if you're, like, saying, hey, man, you got a coin flip between Mobley, Allen, Bam, or Brown, I literally will go big first before Brown. And of those three bigs, that's the question. You know, I think Mobley has the most potential upside, but he's still 20. And this is his first year where his dad's not coaching him. And, like, I don't know. Like, is was his dad a good influence? And is he going to improve more without dad? Or is that something where it's going to regress? And and uh, that's because Eric Mobley was a hell of a basketball player, and he seems like a hell of a coach. But who knows? But that's my thing. I, I would put Brown 10, but I would put one of those bigs, up, like okay. any of those bigs as if I had to choose between Brown or a big, give me one of those three at their age to, to build around. And, and that's, once again, Exercise, exercise, and fun. This this really is fun. No, I like one it because left off. I don't think of Jared Allen as one of those guys that I would build a franchise around. But like when you go and actually look at like, I mean, granted, he's he played twenty four points a game. He played you know? against. Uh, he played. He played it with the Nets for a period of time. Then he's playing with Cleveland, and like Cleveland had, you know, kind of an up and down year. I would say like they had moments where they looked like a really good team, and moments where you're like, oh, they look like the Cavaliers, you know, from. They have, they have a point guard and three bigs. Yeah. <laughs> and then a whole bunch of... What do you think of Colin Sexton? Uh, when's he on the court? Yeah. I, I you're, You know, I don't know how much that's, he actually got playing time, but that's he's... That's why Embiid is not on my list. Dude's missed 180 games in six seasons. So, you know. I put Joel on my list um, only because... Only because, like, getting bigs is rare, but I just named three younger ones that, like, I could roster construct around. But 
you know, once again, exercise and futility. How many guys are actually going to elevate you to a title? You don't know until somebody elevates you to a title. Yeah, I'm, I would put I would put Joel and be in the S plus tier. And you're right, injuries are a huge thing for him. Um, but I would he's only 28. He's going to be good for another six, seven it's, years. Well, once again, let's let's get through a season, Anthony Davis. <laughs> That's why I didn't put Anthony Davis on this man. He hasn't seen the court like. You know, like we're talking guys to construct the team around for the next seven to eight, seven or eight years that aren't going to like handicap your franchise. I mean, I, I feel like Joel Embiid could be that guy. I, I mean, who knows if he if he ends up winning a championship right. in the next you, three or four years. Probably over that, you know, like what I mean by that is like in the seventh season and eighth season, if my roster constructed his improvement continues, I'd rather have that seven footer that can play defensive center and guard all the way to a two guard. But that's about him putting in the work. And so yeah. it's me being the GM. I roster construct and coach construct around that. Um, I do want to, I would like to wrap it up. Sorry, I had to go on, you know. No, I'm okay. Yeah, this, this is 10 minutes longer. This is fun, you know, once again, this is one of those things, if anybody ever saw it, who was one of these guys, they'd be like, oh, yeah, hey, my Madden, my Madden running score is uh, right. an 88. It should be a 90. It's exactly right. I show you this video and you're like, dude, you're you're like the third fastest dude and you're like an 88. You know? <laughs> like, well, it's been like, fun. I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Thanks to Casey for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. It's just something to do for fun. And honestly, yeah. it's bringing up guys that maybe you don't think about when you're building a, or constructing a roster. I'm going to come up with a fun one for us for the next time. All right. I well, can literally come up with something that you may have to research for like two hours oh good minimum. I, I need like, something to do before i start work in the morning so that would be great yeah yeah i can give you something where it's gonna it's gonna be a question out of left field about like yeah okay like if you wanted your best uh six seven eight man on a title team of all time or yeah or uh, you know, I, who, who's the best <laughs> who's the best three and d player ever who was you know didn't make an all-star team something like that i'll come up all with right something fun. well you guys heard it all here right. first thanks for joining us and i will catch you guys in the next one